breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you talking a- Wow. Don Lemon. And man, is he getting is he getting um, busted on the nose for that all over the place today? We're going to we're going to do some more of that uh, a little bit later in the show as well. My next guest, I'm sure, has an opinion about that. Uh, you go after a woman who's in public, uh, particularly on something as shallow as age and capability, um, especially <clears throat> if you're a man who doesn't even like women. Uh, you, you, I just think you're setting yourself up for a little bit of pushback on that. Bethany Mandel now joins us. Uh, Bethany, you just pinned a piece, the Jewish case for Nikki Haley. We'll get into that in a second. But before we do, any any special message for Don Lemon today in case he's listening? So it's so funny because I guess he had he got to pass because he's, you know, a, a black gay man and you can just say whatever you want about women. But um, in his apology, he didn't even say it. Sorry to Nikki Haley or explain that his his statement was sexist. He was just like, well, I have been informed that people are offended and I apologize for being offensive to a woman. And that was it. That was that was all it took. I think that men who don't have any relationship to women at all, like they, they're, they're not attracted to them, they don't have any use for them, they don't want them in their life. I think they should always be getting to say what the parameters are about what 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 a woman's shelf life is. I mean, could we be yeah. more could we be more sexist uh, than to take uh, the gay black man's word for it? Hey, uh, you've written a very interesting piece. Uh, Nikki Haley, of course, declared that she's going to run for president. And I got to ask you this, Bethany. I am very I'm not very I'm not surprised at all. But there yeah, is something I mean, very interesting happened here. There's something while. very interesting happening here. Donald Trump has not gone after her. In fact, he's been very, very uh, tender with the words, uh, even though he did take one dig that she's at less than 1% in the polls, whatever. But he, but he's, he's basically said, look, she came and talked to me about it. I gave her my blessing. I said, you got to follow your heart, blah, blah, blah. Um, is this really the Nikki Haley for VP campaign? Is, is that what she's, is that whether it's DeSantis or Trump in the end, she's like, Hey, look at me, I'm here. I'm ready to go on day one. So, I mean, I've, I've heard from folks in her inner circle that she really thinks that she could win the whole kit and caboodle. Um, that she's, she is, she says she's not running for VP, but when you look at sort of the numbers and the polling, I'm not sure what else, what the other option is, if you're just being sort of realistic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, she would make well, an Well, so do you think VP. that's why Trump's kind of kid gloves with her? Do you think that there is a potential that she really could be on the ticket, even if she doesn't win the top spot? Yes, or Trump doesn't really plan on running himself, which I think is also a possibility. I'm not sure if he's totally decided. Well, he's, he's already announced. He's formulated his, yeah. his committee. He's already yeah. announced. He's, he's running. Bethany, come on. I know a lot of you, my friends, that don't really care for him on a personal level. It would be great if, in your minds, if he didn't run. But I, I think the the harsh reality is that he's he's in this for for good or for worse right now. And the one that isn't in is the one that he's been much harder on. He keeps going after DeSantis, like yeah. uh, like he's Ted Cruz, but he's like all Mister Nicey Nice with Nikki Haley. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, I mean, he might be preserving her for you know who he wants to win. Um, or who he who he sort of 
adequately views as has kissed the ring enough. And he's, you know, sort of encouraging that behavior among Republicans that like, you know, you scratch my back and and go with kid gloves with me and I'll do the same for you. And I think that DeSantis is sort of not playing those games and he's his own man. Well, I think DeSantis has very much gone out of his way not to attack Trump. And I think that he's I think he's being very smart about how he's done everything. Look, I think that our nation would be far better served if any of those three people were sitting in the White House right now, as opposed to the octogenarian who doesn't know what day it is or what flavor ice cream he ordered for lunch. And I I think that at the end of the day, we're going to need to rally around whoever it is that does have the best message to really get there. You made the Jewish case, uh, by your own words, for sending Nikki Haley to the White House. What is that Jewish case consist of? Yeah, so, I mean, really, it's honestly, it's it's a Jewish case, obviously, for Nikki Haley, but it's also for the Republican Party more generally because because it's much easier to be a Jewish Republican these days. But I basically made it on three sort of, uh, on three separate grounds. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Pillars. That's a much better word. I'm a writer. <laughs> um, so one of them is obviously her support of Israel while she was, um, especially at the United Nations as the ambassador, yeah. that was really where she was the strongest. Um, school choice is another huge pillar. Um, you know, Jewish families who are very serious about their faith send their children to Orthodox Jewish schools that in the New York area and in the D.C. area as well, it's about twenty to $30,000 a year per kid. Um, and they, you know, we, we're not a people who have two or three kids. Um, so those costs are really considerable. And a politician who openly comes out in favor of school choice um, is, is likely to garner a lot of support from Orthodox Jews. Um, and the third pillar is religious liberty. Um, you know, this is obviously uh, an issue that religious Americans of all stripes care deeply about. But, you know, Yeshiva University, the flagship university of Orthodox Judaism is under fire right now um, and sort of trying to figure out if, if they have to allow um, an LGBTQ uh, club on a student club on campus um, under the, under religious liberty grounds. And I imagine that there are lots of Orthodox Jews who would like to have a friendly uh, a friendly person in the White House while those sort of debates rage. You know, she struggled a little bit. She was asked uh, on one of the shows this last week, you know, how she differentiated herself from Trump. And she couldn't come up with anything. And I think that, you know, when you get into debates, it's one thing to be this far out and to kind of just be out there because you you like the speaking engagements. You're raising money. There's there's kind of a momentum that she enjoys because she's really the only one. I guess John Bolton is technically declared, too, but she's really the only one that's out there. Um, So she's going to she's going to have a few weeks of probably pretty positive press um, and and so forth. But when it gets into the, <clears throat> you know, uh, October, November, December range, and then Iowa's around the corner, that's when the gloves really start to come off and you're going to start seeing you know, people on debate stages and they're going to have to take shots at each other. What do you think she, do you think she survives all that and makes it through? I mean, really, I think it's going to come down to cash. If she can keep the cash on hand, then I think she has a chance. But um, but I think there's a lot of donors who are waiting to see about DeSantis. And I think yeah. that the biggest risk to her was running out of cash too early. And that's, you know, that's what I'm concerned about for her campaign for her. No, um, but, I think you know, that's it's right. Hard to differentiate. I, I think it's hard to differentiate yourself when you won't take a shot because it is easy to differentiate herself. She is much more cold, much more calculating. 
Um, and honestly, I think that sort of how he flies off the cuff is something that a lot of Trump supporters like about Trump and don't and don't like about Nikki Haley is that she is very scripted. Um, and so she could say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to start a world war on truth social. Um, but, you know, also one of the things that a lot of Trump supporters like is that, like, you always know you're getting you're getting the real story from Trump. There's no um, there's no sugarcoating. It. You always know right, that right. what you hear is what you get. Read Bethany's piece, The Jewish Case for Nikki Haley uh, to be president uh, to the White House in 2024. It's up at uh, forward dot com. And I uh, really encourage you to read it. Bethany, as always, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we've got a lot of fun yet to go. But uh, next, we're going to talk about small business and kind of the climate that the producer price index is creating for those producers and creators right now. Stay with us.